welcome to the Recruitment Roundup with Toby and Nadia of Harrington Star. This is our one podcast a week where we talk about us and our passion for great recruitment. Five days a week, we shine a light on the individuals making waves in the world of fintech. And on a Sunday, we bring you the Recruitment Roundup. And the topic of this week is being customer centric. So I'm really excited about this theme. And I actually think it should be a recurring one because it's just so central to our ethos. But actually the way that the market has been going for a long time, it really packs a punch for me because you know my role here at Harrington Star is very much, I think, a differentiator in the marketplace because it is so customer centric, a customer in, in all its ways. You know, I love going out and speaking to people about how they're working with us, how they should work with us how the market is responding to them, how we can help them respond to the marketplace, how they can be the best that they can possibly be within this marketplace, whether they're somebody looking for work, or whether they're the business that are looking for people to join them. There's such a plethora of conversation around this customer-centric topic that I could go on and on. You know, the big picture mission for me is about how we change the perception of recruitment, uh, recruitment within the fintech space and within the financial services space. And we change the perception of what the fintech and financial services space is actually seen like outside of those spaces. And I think that, you know, as, as a business, we're working incredibly hard to do this, but really making some headway through your amazing video blogs, through my podcasts, through everything that we do with our events, with our magazines. But even more so, we've got these awards coming up where we're celebrating how companies are really raising the bar for how they're interacting with their customers and with their people to ensure that their people interact with their customers better. So, as I said, I could go on and on about this topic, but for me, it's really, really simple. It's about adding value. It's about listening to people. It's about responding quickly. It's about being able to pivot to new market needs. And, you know, this week where this topic really stood out for me was when I was speaking to a client of ours, uh, someone who we have placed with a number of times and helped them grow. And I was speaking to one of the heads of department and he said that he'd never had the approach that we have within recruitment ever before. And he'd never seen a role like mine within recruitment ever before. And he says for, for me to have been one of the founders that now spends 100% of my time doing everything I've just spoken about, he says that really does set apart us from the other agencies he used. And I wanted just to share that because that's not about us doing something right. I think that's about us listening to what people want and what people need and spending the time and doing that, not just from a reactive point of view, but proactively. And we talk about that a lot. But again, one of my favorite, favorite hashtags, walk the talk. I think it's about us all walking the talk on this customer centric approach. So Toby, with all of this in mind, I know you've been speaking to lots of people this week and I can imagine that there's been a lot about putting the customer first. So I wanted to hear your thoughts. This is a hot topic and, and, and something that's very, sort of, I guess, personal to us from when we first started the journey, isn't it? When we first started the company, we wanted to be a business that really took uh, the customer seriously and listened to the customer. And essential understanding was given that you know, that first strap line we had was all about listening to the customer. And then it sort of built into you know, how could we, we could not just listen to the customer and, and provide a better service, but how we could really delight at every single given opportunity. Where were the zero moments of truth that we could interact with that? That sort of led to us meeting, reading, all sorts of different things and meeting all sorts of different people with regards to some of the best service environments in the world. We spent time with the general manager at the Ritz talking about their approach to customer service, having read that the Ritz-Carlton group were one of the, uh, the best in the world at customer service. We spent time with the head of the Games Makers at the 2012 Olympics talking about their customer service and how that came through Linda Muir. We had time with 
the head of uh, Virgin Atlantic and their brilliant Basics Magic Touches piece about what they, they did. We read about Southwest Airlines, Apple, all of those different businesses and how they grew to be dominant in their sectors through an absolute focus on customer centricity. Now, the interesting thing for me about the most customer centric businesses is they're also the most people centric businesses in terms of they really work very hard to make sure it's their stakeholders, they, the, the people who work in their teams are really well looked after because people who are really well looked after internally tend to push that out to the customer as well. And that becomes an obsession in the business and it moves out. And it was remi- I was reminded of this as I parked in Waitrose this weekend. So I parked in Waitrose and there's a sort of mission statement in the car park in front of it saying, you know, why does customer service matter to us? And they talked about employee ownership is a partnership and everyone's a partner with, within that John Lewis group. John Lewis have been awarded many times over the best in the UK for customer care. And I think that's a really, really interesting thing to, thing to look at. So when we take this into what we've been doing and where I've been speaking to people over the last couple of years, and particularly with this top 1% workplace awards and the people we've been talking to, you recognise straight away that the people there, there's two things in common. One of which is they look and listen to the customer and look at the problem the customer's got and say, how do we make this problem easier? How do we make it as easy as possible for people to engage and interact with us? That to me is where the standout customer centricity comes from. You know, the companies who we work with, who are sat there and saying, how do we solve the problem our customers are having? And so everything they do, every question they ask, everything they, they look at is to go out there and make, the, you know, make it easier for their customer to do their day jobs as quick as possible. That to me is really exciting. You talk there internally about what we're doing with, with someone there who is you know, in your role, purely focused on the success of the customers and how we can make sure that they're more successful from, from what we're doing. We've also got internally Rob Graham, who's also, I know, been on the show before, who sits there and his job is to basically make sure that everyone in the team, everyone in the business has got everything they have and need to be as successful as possible within their job. So this is about making sure we're looking at every single aspect to, to allow our stakeholders, our clients, candidates and consultants the best opportunity to have the best experience they can possibly have with us, which has in turn allowed us to grow year on year all the way through through the journey so far over the last 11 years. Speaking to the people I've been speaking to this week, I've got two coming up today, which I'm looking forward to with Comsize and Euronex company uh, and Eventus Systems getting Travis back on the show. Both of those have gone through stellar growth over the last couple of years. I know they're talking, having had them on the show before, I know they're going to be talking about a focus on the customer. I spoke to Sergio, who I, know, who I know you spoke to as well for the Top 1% Workplace Awards, who is the co-founder of Fintech OS, a four-year-old business that's grown to 400 members of staff over that period. That was one of my favourite ever episodes of Fintech Focus TV because he's such a lovely guy who is so enthusiastic and, to- and so humble, but talking with great passion about his team and how it makes it a great workplace for them to then solve the problems that his customer has, which is amazing. I spoke to Joel over at Viable EDU, slightly different in this instance. And and this is a business that's been born through the pandemic to solve another thing, which I'd like to talk about in a a bit, which is this bottleneck of talent coming into the the financial technology space. Once again, though, Joel's looking at a problem and saying, right, what do our customers need and how do we help to solve that? And I think the best companies in the world, and this is no silver bullet or revelation here, the best companies in the world are absolutely focused on how do we make our customers' lives easier? And I think if you look at the digital revolution and if you think about financial technology over the course of the last five years, the whole purpose of digitalization and the mobile phone and, and ease of use, everything is about how do we make people's lives easier and better because of it and, and efficient. And I think the companies who really focus in on that 
and and solve genuine problems will be the ones that really really thrive from it we know from all the people we talk to day in day out prolifically everyone's problem is making sure they've got the talent that allows them to grow and achieve their targets as a business so what we're obsessed about and i say obsessed in its best possible form is we're obsessed about making sure that we allow those customers to solve that problem and we look at it from as many different angles as possible to try and help them grow and help them achieve their targets. And that to me is something which is really, really important, something I know that drives a lot of the team throughout the Harrington Star Group. Totally. And I think it's been so central to the podcast that I've recorded this week as well. So I uh, interviewed uh, Nikki Hawks, who's co-founder and CMO of a company called Stratify. Now, Stratify, they are all about personalized investment strategies and they track sustainability. So, you know, when you were talking about solving a customer issue or solving a problem or understanding a challenge, making your customers' lives easier and, and more efficient, This is exactly what they do. It's about making ESG accessible. And she said that it's all about understanding what that customer wants and empowering a team to love working together so they can be focused on what the customer wants. She used the word empowered a lot throughout pod. And I really enjoyed that because it's about giving people the chance to do what they want to do. And I think that really resonated with me because I think within our organization, within the FinTech and financial services industry, this is the conversation that people are having. How can we ensure that the people internally feel they have the options, feel they have the choice, feel they have the autonomy, feel they have the support so they can be customer centric, they can be customer focused. And, and I was really inspired by the things that she said. You know, she, she spoke about stuff that we love, you know, can do attitudes, taking the opportunities to learn, not sacrificing authenticity for a pre, pre-described career plan. Instead, allow opportunities to come to you. But mainly she was talking about the environment that they are cultivating to allow for this to happen, to allow for them to become the best that they can be in making ESG accessible. From a completely different angle, I spoke with Rupal Patel this week as well, the founder of Women in Risk and Control, which is an organization championing diversity, pioneering change through fintech and regtech, uh, specifically for risk management. Now, Rupal's also the head of uh, network engagement and insights for ASIN, which is a fintech SaaS scale-up, and they're scaling up phenomenal rate. So again, when we were talking, of course, this was all very, very customer-centric in terms of what people are trying to do within the operational risk space. But also for her, her customers aren't only the ASIN customers and how RegTech can be improved in terms of efficiency, accessibility and scalability, but also all the people that subscribe to her network where she is trying to ensure that people are allowed to empower others so so one of the things that she talks about is empowering people to empower others to allow people to connect further to build deeper and stronger connections so they can be focused on what their mission is because they are supported in doing so she was giving some really clear insights about how to create that internal environment that allows for the external communication and the external work to be so much better Um, and there was a quote that she said that really stood out for me where she said policy is the tip of the iceberg And I really liked that. And that has resonated with me all week because as we are driving change and thinking about being change makers, we can often have a desire to improve something or to overcome a challenge. That desire needs to be discussed. That desire needs to be solved with policy is often the first thing. And I've spoken about this many times before, for it to turn into reality, that policy needs to become practice. And that practice needs to become processed every single day. 
And I think that it's really important that we, we look at when we're solving these problems, when we are ensuring that we're going out to the marketplace and being the, the most accessible ESG or being the best in operational risk or, or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. that we're really thinking about how that's embodied because this is what I'm hearing day in, day out from our customers. Um, and, and I think it's really, really interesting how we can take these learns and then share it beyond on a podcast like this. Definitely. It's, it's, a, it's such a great platform to be able to do, to do that sort of thing. And, and look, we, we've always said that you know, we want this to be as valuable as possible for people. You know, we are basically the vessels of, of information <laughs> that, uh, that, that, come, that comes to us. And we're in a very privileged position to hear brilliant thinkers every single week talking about how they are moving the needle further forward how they are change makers, how they are looking at opportunities and creating enormous value for, for the industry from it. And that's really exciting. And I think going on to what I, what I, was, what I was saying before, talking to Joel out in New York from Viable EDU, that's, that's a business which, you know, which is, was born through the pandemic to effectively look at ways that we can sit there and, and bring new people into the industry, be them graduates or school leavers or, or people who are changing industry beforehand, because we know we've got a shortage in the industry for, for talent. As the world continues to digitalise and the world continues to move apace, there simply isn't the resources to be able to do that. But there isn't a ready or, or enough ready-for-work schemes that are coming through, through education to allow these sort of things to happen. John and his partners saw this and, and said, look, let's, uh, let's create online courses that allow people to understand the, the, you know, the finance industry, understand the tech space, understand the opportunities into it and, and show, showcase it as a viable you know, opportunity and, and take people through those, you know, those careers for them. I'm meeting him out in New York next week. I'm really, really excited about that. I'm excited to go back out there for the first time since December 2019 as well and see our team out in New York too. But I just think there's a real exciting opportunity. I'm speaking to more and more people. Matthew Chung over at I Push Pull, working fintech movement. I know you're doing loads of work with Henley, University of East London and others to to make sure there's talent coming into the industry. I spoke to a a friend of mine, Ian Bagshaw, yesterday who's getting involved in, we look at all different areas of of diversity, looking at the social aspects and making sure that, I guess, the uh, underprivileged are also given opportunities to, to excel in various different spaces and the leveling up, leveling up, if you like, of what's, uh, what's happening out there in the industry. So, so much cool stuff that's going on. And we want to make sure we're, we're helping that rise to the top. We're helping people see those sort of opportunities. And we're backing people who are trying to make that change in the industry. That's really exciting for me. Totally. And there's some really exciting things coming up as well that I wanted to share. So I've just mentioned Rupal Patel. Well, this week is a year since she founded her organisation, Women in Risk and Control. So the annual event is all about uh, reflecting on your career and reflecting on customer. And she is doing a number of webinars this week, of which I'll be on a panel of one of them. So I cannot wait. I am recording it um, today, which is Thursday, and I will be alongside Elizabeth Martin, who's the head of risk at Close Brothers, and Peter Neville Lewis, who is a risk correlation research company founder. So I'm totally, totally excited about it. Um, I'm going to be sharing as much of my learns from the fintech and financial services space in terms of what more has been done and what more can be done for gender equality, for diversity, for inclusion, building an equitable team. As everybody knows, these are the conversations I have day in, day out. So when I bring it all together with my key learns in a panel like this, it it can be really exciting. So I'm looking forward to that. 
Also, I wanted to announce, as you very well know, Toby, that the book is going to be published at the beginning of February next year, 2022. Just to remind everybody, and if you, if you don't know, I've written a book called Fintech Women Walk the Talk, Moving the Needle for Gender Equality in Financial Services and Beyond. I am super excited because it's a first of its kind book where I have drawn upon 118 people who spoke to me within podcasts on this subject. And I've drawn upon all their knowledge. I've quoted 118 people of which over 100 are the women of fintech and it's going to be such a massive celebration i'm going to be organizing a book launch and it's it's really a celebration of everybody's voices everybody's experience the challenges people have faced how they've overcome them and making sure that we share those challenges and those key learns so that we can all get better every single day so truly truly excited about that it is exciting you know we, we had a uh, a meeting earlier this week just looking at that and uh, talking about the launch and and uh it's an incredible thing you've done there. I remember you talking about it about this time last year, about having an idea, wanting to put it through, working through prolifically in and around work together, a brilliant book together involving 150 odd people to do something which you, know, which, which you are passionate about and, and making that, you know, making change happen. And that book is the culmination of a load of effort and, and I just uh, and, and hard work. And I just think it's going to be a great thing to, for people to read to really affect and, and implement change out there in the industry so massively proud can't wait to uh, to launch it and spread the word as far and, and wide as possible so we need to know when we can pre-order and uh, and start oh, 100 percent. i will be out, right? i'll be sharing that but yeah I'm, I'm really excited about that because it's about make, making change happen like you know i i don't i don't say my my hashtag lightly walk the talk it's you know i'm really trying to encourage people to not just talk about the challenges they face but really implement how they're overcoming those challenges but help others to do so so another part of that is i run round tables and i've got three that i'm going to be doing before christmas perhaps a fourth one so anybody who wants to get involved in these let me know the round tables that i do they're small round tables we only have four or five people and i am looking into doing one of them face to face so really keen to hear if that is the appetite for people as well some of the subjects that i'm going to be covering will be giving back to the next generation another one will be remote first lessons Another one is inclusive sales and marketing in today's financial services and fintech. And the fourth, uh, which I'm hoping will be this side of Christmas, but perhaps we'll run into January, is crypto for good. So what I'm looking to do within these roundtables is bring people together who are interested in these subjects, allow you to network better because you will have an hour's conversation with like-minded people within your industry or maybe non-like-minded people. It's about diversity of thought and opinion after all. But hopefully we will learn from one another and we'll be able to write up our learns and share that with the wider industry. So I will be organising these shortly. Please do get in touch if you are interested. Exciting. Anything else that's going on, Lads, that you want to talk through? No, I think my book panel and these roundtables, these are the things I'm focusing on at the moment. But of course, we do have our magazine and awards that are on the way. But I think they're in the hands of the judges at the moment. So we don't need to do too much on that just yet. They are indeed. I've been speaking to a few of them. It is a battle royale out there at the moment. There's, you know, the, the, the great news is, is there's, a, there's a listing there of just some phenomenal companies. You know, I've said it on the last couple of times, times we've done this, that it's been an absolute treat to be speaking to these, these businesses and understanding and unlocking you know, some of the secrets. I'm going to be writing up over the course of the next week all the learns that, that I've taken from it. I know you're putting some commentary yeah. together as well. 
that release, that magazine on the 29th is going to be an almanac of excellence in terms of what you know, a great workplace looks like. So congratulations to everyone. You'll be seeing a lot of businesses proclaiming from a stellar judging panel that they are a top 1% workplace and we will be shining a light on a number of the different companies there who really stood out in the individual areas. We're looking at the best workplaces for technologists, the best workplaces for salespeople. We'll be looking at diversity and inclusion. Uh, we'll be looking at all sorts of different aspects of culture, you know, to, to, to all levels of, of industry to make sure that we are uh, showcasing what people are doing really well, how they've approached this, how they're putting out great environments that allow people to thrive that ultimately ends in customer centricity. So that is going to be a magazine that I can't wait to release with you all. Make sure you're there on the Harrington Style website, LinkedIn, socials, November the 29th. It's coming very soon and we're very excited to release it to all of you. Can't wait. And next week, Toby, we'll be recording this while you're in New York. We will be coming live to you from New York City. Very excited about that. And it is, you know, it, as I mentioned it beforehand, December 2019 was the last time I was out there with our, our US business. US is a huge part of our ongoing strategy you and i have spent a long time over the last two weeks in strategy meetings really looking at a very very exciting future for the harrington star group and a big part of that is going out to the states so i can't wait to touch down out there again i've seen the first week of people going out there back out to, to the usa to our team out there i can't wait to catch up with you i am looking to uh, meet up and hire and grow the team even further out there so if you're listening and know people who you think would be good to, to be there or if you are interested in the move into recruitment in the usa please don't hesitate to get in touch with us got a good few meetings lined up with some excellent clients uh, a few people who i know from here are out there at the same time our nemesis in the uh, steel eye runathon steel eye are out there as well so matt smith and i will be taking a great photo opportunity to be wearing our steel eye runathon uh, shirts out there at 7:30 a.m. run around Central Park. Um, so watch out for that coming too. Looking forward, looking forward to it. Matt, if you're listening, go easy on me. And to everyone who's listened this week, thank you so so much. As always, uh, we're very very grateful. Can't even believe that uh, there's there was a listing recently where both Nadia and I and, and our day to day podcasts are listed in the top 40 uh, podcasts globally in financial technology. So in, in, in fintech, which is which was hugely exciting and not only in the top 40 they're both ranked in the top 20 as well so that's even more so we'll be vying for one and two very shortly that is because of people like you listening to this show we're so so grateful we hope you're getting as much value as we possibly can as always please do let us know what we can do to improve we want to consistently get better we want to be answering your problems giving as much value as we possibly can and we also know that that happens from people like you passing the pod on to other people who, who you think would be would get value from it and also giving us those ratings that allow more people to see it and it for me to promote it even further. So thank you so, so much massively from Nadia, from myself, from the rest of the team who, who worked so hard to put this together. And we will see you again next week live from New York City. Thank you very much. Thank you.